You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well met, fellow adventurers. Back to weeding the law book I go. Last time it was Tarn Wat, and now on to Tamara. The Wounds of Tamara is a special We Playable Adventure scenario where Adventurers Guild members fight alongside one another as they strive to defeat the powerful Greater Demon Zarak and his vile minions. The Lost Temple of Tamara also commonly referred to as the Ruins of Tamara, as well as just Tamara, is a fixture in many of the legends of the North Broadlands. According to the legends, Tamara was an ancient Vorinthian temple in the heart of an enchanted forest. The temple itself, and the grounds that surrounded it, are said to have been visible to all but mighty Vorinthian sorcerers, who constructed it, and who worshipped an unnamed deity in its guarded sanctum. It's long been believed that a treasure trove of ancient arcanum and lore lies buried in the remains of the lost temple, which, as the legends tell it, was mysteriously destroyed at the end of the Age of Storms. If the wounds of Tamara still exist, some would say if they ever existed, it is likely the site is still protected by the powerful magic that rendered it invisible to all but the Vorinthian sorcerers who so long ago built it. Now this was that that was the first of the multiplayer scenarios, so it had the most build-up of all of them. There was a formal adventure, there was a little air, there was a it was like a mini dungeon to get to it. 
and you get you can get an, you can get a really cool weapon from doing it. There's a lot of stuff. And then Tongar the Axe. The fearsome mountain goblin warchief known as Tongar the Axe has achieved near legendary status for his many bold and crude incursions into the realm of man. Through not a large goblin by any measure, the deceptively strong master of the axe has long overseen the large horde of his vile kin and won several remarkable victories over substantial human forces. Over the past decade, sightings of the fear goblin chief and his vicious minions have been few and far between and have occurred mostly on the outlying fringes of the kingdom. It is long believed that Tawangar and his equally and his brother, the equally cruel Zaramob, have a particular thirst for vain against Thane Poland of Twithing. Poland is thought to have slain their father, the legendary Ugothok, back when he was a Tyshian army scout patrolling the kingdom western frontier all right taxel tarsel hidden away in the dark fathomless reaches of the netherless the realm of tarsel is a work is a world of living shadows ruled by a powerful entity known as the shadow man legends say that the shadow moon an artifact capable of creating objects out of living shadows can be found in the very heart of Draxel, protected by a legion of nightmarish creatures whose sole loyalty is to the Shadowmar. It's believed by those who practice on Swift who practice the strange but powerful art of shadow magic that the magical energy they harness to ply their craft has its origins in Toraxel. Hmm, curious. Talania Bellward. Talania Bellward is the youngest of the Bellward line, a line of powerful mages who have long served the stewards of the cur- as the sur- stewards of the f- cursed forest of Bogmore. Through not quite twenty years old, Talania displays the grand magic mastery of magic for which your ancestral line is legendary. Alright, Tekoska, a, leg- a delicacy. Tetsogar, also known as Edbrak in various locales, is a dish consisting of slightly charred wedges of bread smothered by a mound of scrambled egg. This delicacy, popular throughout the North Broadlands, is prepared and served in a variety of ways with most preppers seeing fit to augment the simple recipe with their own ingredients. For a long spell, Tkreskugar, Tetsogar, I don't know, T-E-T-O-G-S-A, was considered a food synonymous with the lower stratum of society. The discovery of the fare as a favour to Thane Pollens has helped erode the stigma. Alright, now we're on to the Thanes. Thane Maridor of Tulsa. Thane Maridor 
one of Tosa's five fames is is the overseer of the city of Gradhoch, the vast region and the vast region that surrounds it. As overseer of Gradhoch, perhaps the most strategic and heavily guarded point in all of Tosa, the fame is also, by virtue of his title, High Commander of the massive, ever-present army that stoutly defends the gateway to the south, which is Graudoc. Often, often, often a bit at odds with the various military leaders, those, you, those troops frequently occupy much of the city. The grey-bearded Thane remains a brilliant, brilliant tactician, Though skill and loyalty have served to win him the favour of the king. Despite being slight of build, the Thane is an expert swordsman who once served as a Tysian border ranger. Though not always noticeable, Thane Maradol walks with a slight limp and with some difficulty raising his left arm. Many have speculated the blame for this lies with a serious injury suffered on the field of battle many years ago. Okay, now, Thane Mazabak. Well, we've heard quite a bit about him previously. What's the official entry? The mysterious but extremely influential Thane Mazabak is arguably second only to the king with regards to the power he wields in the kingdom. From just below his eyes to the bottom of his, of his chin, his face is concealed behind, behind a black wooden mask. Most believe that this odd facial recruitment hides a disfigurement he obtained early in life. Though there are many, many who think it disguises something far more sinister. There have also been many who have long suspected the middle-aged Thane possesses potent magical ability. Though such suspicions have never been proven, and no official doubt has been, been levied upon Mazenbach. It is forbidden by law for Tysian mages and Tysian monarchs to possess magical abilities. Well, I guess that could just be because mages have a tendency to get involved with extra-dimensional powers. And we really don't want those to get into mess up politics. By all accounts, Thane Mazenbach is an exceptional warrior who first came into prominence as the man who united many of Tysa's northern militias to defeat the mountain goblin tribes that long ravaged the kingdom's rugged frontier. His leadership and valour earned him high praise and won him the admiration of King Wenwold, who upon the death of Thane Yudric made Mazenbach heir to the lofty title. Upon becoming a Thane, Mazenbach took up residence in the ancient and grim fortress of Stonemark, in the northeastern corner of the kingdom. Dutentark maintains the largest standing fighting force of, in all, of all of Tysus Thanes, as he oversees the defence of the kingdom's northeast and eastern frontiers. Many have criticised Dane Mazabak for what they perceive as unbridled ambition. There's been more than one voice 
some even within the king's court, who have raised concerns over the size of the army commands. Despite such rumblings, Mazenbach seems to retain the favour of King Renwald, who considers him a staunch defender of the kingdom and a trusted and honourable ally. Famed Mazenbach's most recent endeavour has taken him into Sarngard Isle, where he has assumed the daunting task of overseeing the rebuilding of Sarngard Keep and commanding the soldiers who wage a brutal battle against the savage troll and goblin tribes that dominate much of the island. His critics have been quick to denounce his Maeve latest move as another one of the Thane's supposed grabs for power, grasp for power, though many would conclude that his experience in such matters and his proven success is the reason he has replaced a man who, for nearly a year, led the effort to retake the Isle. The lauded Tyson Army Commander, General Tarakin. Okay. Thane Mornwell, a former sea captain of, of the Tyson Navy. Mornwell, Mornwell of Whitfield, Whitwind was, Wiltwind was, had a famed and bestowed on by King Renwald. For the many years of courageous service, he gave the crown on the high seas. Thane Mornwall is, is an old sea rat at heart and many close to him suspect he still longs for the days of high adventure on the waging seas. Alright. Thane Porrand. Thane Porrand is one of Tysa's five flames, and he's arguably the most powerful and influential. Hmm. But wasn't Thane... Well, this was maybe thought Thane Mazenbach was a guy, was a thing, so... If you exclude Mazenbach, yeah, definitely. The tall, yellow-bearded, charismatic man who barely 13 of yet, uh, yet 30 years of age is of unquestioned ability. Porrand earned a reputation for himself as the bold and skilled leader of a band of mercenaries that waged a nearly non-stop battle for five years against tribes of goblins, trolls and ogres in the foothills of the Wundian Way in Western Telsa. Hmm. He sort of mirrors Thane Mazenbach. I mean, Mazenbach thought goblins on the east. He thought the goblins on the west. Poland and they both became Thanes. Poland was granted the title of Thane by King Renwald upon the untimely death of Thane Tazak. Forrand made his first goal as Thane, the recovery of the city of Trithic from the Quinimo element that has insidiously taken hold of the city in recent years. Though characterised by his critics as both brazen and foolhardy, his supporters, including Tysus King, commend him as a champion of the people whose relatively long life is already filled with deeds of heroic stature. One of the more famous of Thane Porrin's heroic deeds is the expedition he led that slew the dust dragon known as Zarthal. And we'll get to Zarthal eventually. Well, he says it starts with Z, so won't be a few episodes off. Okay, Thane Corrith of Tosa. 
Thane Crawrith, the oldest of Tyson's spy thanes, has been tasked by King Renwald with holding law and order within the capital city of Tantalus and the surrounding countryside. Rosalian by birth, the Thane's family emigrated to Tulsa, where he was a small child, and his father rose to prominence as a skilled horseman and field commander in the Tyson army. Following in his father's footsteps, Crowith also rose through the Tysiamani army ranks and was a commanding general during several of the great goblin wars that waged in the Thorindian foothills. The Thane is a cool and calculating man, and indeed there are many inside the court of King Wenlord who do not approve of his Thaneship, probably because they want the Thaneship. Or at least someone they like better. So we've even gone so far as to question his loyalty to the king. Despite such rumblings, King Renwald maintains that Thanecast is a brave and loyal subject, who has time and time and again proven himself worthy of his lofty title. Have we done anything with Thanecast? I'm going to have to look. Thane Fallan. Having earned an almost unparalleled paralleled reputation as a heroic adventure, adventurer and as a loyal, powerful and influential supporter of the crown, Thane Vorland has recently been given the task of reclaiming and securing Sarnguard Isle. Thanevale. Thanevale is the relatively new name given to the large valley Located in a nook of the Frundian range, the area was named in honour of Tulsa's five thanes. But I just read about six thanes. Hmm. The Tysian monarchy has commissioned a large statue to be built of each new thane that is appointed. The statues are then placed at random locations within the Vale. The largest of these structures is over 20 feet tall. Thanorians. This race of grey-skinned humans with jet-black, pupilous eyes inhabit habits a shadowy level realm of Thanor Kalul Thanor. The Thanorians are all that remain of a vast population that faithfully served Palk, the great warrior spirit, in the glorious realm of his creation. Upon his sudden and unexpected departure of their master, however, the realm of Canul Fanor fell into decay and ruin as vast horns of wicked creatures from the depths of the Nevernus invaded it. The Fenorians, determined to await the arrival of a true disciple of their master, defend their last remaining refuge, the town of Shadow Edge, from an ever-increasing tide of evil that assails its borders. Thakrir Thakrir is the Tysian military commander who is currently commanding all of the forces gathered on Sarngard Island, as well as overseeing the reconstruction of Sarngard Keep. Thakrir answers directly to Thane Mazenbach, who is in charge of the Tysian endeavour to retake the isle. Thaunbor. Thaunbor is a, a sprawl 
happening ruined settlement situated on the southern edge of the grim trek wastes in the frozen realm of Arkandor. Arkandar. The settlement was long ago destroyed by a savage ice storm of unnatural intensity that lasted nearly a month. Believed to be cursed, the abandoned settlement is a place into which few dare venture. Alright. Thorn Isle. Rising out of the deep, frigid waters of Lake Orion's northwest corner, a small island known as Thorn Island has long been the centre of many local legends. The island earned its name due to the thorny vines that cover much of its hilly, thickly forest terrain. An abandoned tower stands in the midst of the tangled patch of forest that covers the isle. Local legends tell of a light that can be seen now and again coming from the top of the tower. Many believe that a magical beacon still burns somewhere on top of the structure. And it does? Well... It might not anymore because I took it. While many believe that Thorn Island is a wellament of a legendary island that is said to have sunk beneath the icy waters the late long ago, there were just as many eager to dispel the notion. The closest settlement to Thorn I- Island is, a ta- is the town of Irongard, which is spread under the edge of the cove. The northwest west corner of Lake Ironwain. Thorn Island is approximately a mile beyond the mouth of the cove, though plainly visible from Irongard. The people of Irongard and and those in, in of the lake region in general believe Thorn Island is a dangerous, cursed place. A handful of adventurers have, over the years, ventured onto the isle though no detailed accounts of their explorations remain. Alright, Thorn Snake. Oh, oh, well, no link for that one. I guess he just moved on to the next thing. Thorngill. This legendary creature is said to roam the marshlands that lie beneath the dark, mucky waters of Barrow Lock and the vast expanse of moorland that surrounds the city in Twindmoor. Descriptions of this beast vary, but most of those who reportedly sighted it agree that it appears to be a troll-sized, two-legged creature with bulbous yellow eyes and large gill slits on the side of its wide neck. Its head is said to be covered with small, sharp, thorn-like protrusions, both its feet and hands are said to be webbed. The stories that surround this semi-mythical creature suggest it lives in the murky deep of Barrel Lock and, it, and that it prowls into the inland marshes that roam in the moor at night in search of prey. The Formgill, as it is known to the locals, has been blamed for many unexplained disappearances over the years. Alright, Retail. For more than a year, this massive rat, by some accounts the size of a mule, prowled the sewers and streets of Talonus, stalking human prey 
and killing and devouring anything unfortunate enough to cross its path. Finally, a local hero, an adventurer by the name of Womick, who soon after met his fate at the hand of a roaming band of all ogres, hunted down and put two arrows into the hideous creature. When the rat dragged itself off into the sewers before it could be reached, it was universally assumed it would soon succumb to its wounds. And indeed, for four long years, Freetail and the gruesome legend he spawned failed, faded into memory. There are many who claim the rat was not a rat at all, but rather a demon in rat form, given the give creature's extreme cunning and vicious nature. There were also many who refused to believe that Freetail was slain, and the foul beast still, still lurks in the shadows of the city, or in the forests outside its walls. Okay. The Thrombrex of Dragonwrath. For the better part of three generations, some would argue longer than even that, the Thrombrex family has held sway in the town of Dragonwrath. As history has it, it was nearly a century ago that Brogmar Thrombrex arrived in Dragonwrath and subsequently purchased the Blackgate Mine from its owner, Brogmarth with his wife and five children, settled in, and the family quickly rose to power and enemies. Brogmarth, a large, swaggering man with a volatile temper, assumed full control of the flow of silver leaving the mine, abolishing Dragonwrath's mine council, but it had been in place for nearly 50 years, as he further consolidated his growing power and influence. In an act that finalised the authority of the Thrombrex, Bogmarth was selected, though many just dispute the notion there was any other option as protector of Dragonwrath. Immediately upon adopting his title, he disbanded the town's militia and replaced it with a legion of mercenaries. He's got everything there. He's got state power, military power, economic power. What's next? He's going to make himself the High Priest of the region? <laughs> well, maybe he has. Maybe he has. Well, his descendants. He's dead now. These skilled warriors, many of whom had been soldiers during the Great Goblin Wars on Tulsa's Tysus Eastern Frank. Frank would defend not only Dragonwrath, but also the mine and the silver caravans that left town. Clad in a mix of chain and leather, over which they wore black tunics, bearing the, fam- bearing the ancient family crest of the Thumbwex, a bear's head crowned by the rays of the setting sun. The townsfolk, many of whom disliked Bogwas and Forest of Ways, came to call the mercenaries Brogmen, a moniker still in use to this day. The current protector of Dragonwrath. Lorwick Thrombrek, also known as Elder Thrombrek, is the great-grandson of Brockmarth. Some have suggested Lorwick is at the heart of the town's well-concealed on Deberry that thrives out of sight in Dragonwrath. And maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Thronworm. 
These gigantic, worm-like insects burrow deep underground, often creating extensive, maze-like lairs intended to snare unwary prey. Their body is milky white, and they have an enormously bulbous head, on the side of which sit large, black, orb-like eyes. They have a relatively small mouth, which sits just behind a set of massive and powerful pincers. Moves about at a rapid rate, propelled by eight fleshy, flipper-like growths that extend from both sides of its body. It also uses these growths for digging its tunnels. Thunworms have been known to reach lengths of over 10 feet long and weigh as much as 400 pounds. They are aggressive and will attack anything that enters one of their tunnels. Well, you better be sure you have a good reason if you're going to do that then. Thwimbrack Considered by many to be the most famous and accomplished adventure of the current age, the mighty and self-righteous Thwimbrack bolds on a long and illustrious list of deeds. While it hasn't been substantiated, there has long been a rumour floating about that Thwimbrack was considered for Thaneship by King Wenrold upon the death of Thane Tuzak, but was passed over in favour of the man now known to all as Thane Poland. Of late, Thwimbrack has become a somewhat common fixture at the Goblin Claw Inn. Togrog The wizard Togrog a Hadwazilian sorcerer who spent much of his life studying and crafting magical wings has long been credited with the creation of a particularly clever bit of magic that came to be known as Togrog's Curse. Not a curse by any measure, Togrog's Curse is an extremely powerful incantation provides two, two very useful benefits to anyone upon whom it's bestowed. First, the curse allows anyone afflicted with it to wear a total of seven magical wings instead of the usual limit of four. Second, the curse augments by one point enemy stamina point and neville reserve bonuses a magical wing provides. It's believed that Togrog placed his curse upon various objects with the intent that it will be transferred from those items to a willing subject. When Togrog unexpectedly died during a bandit raid upon the caravan between his associates were travelling, all knowledge of his curse is thought to have been lost. Although it can no longer be replicated, it's believed that there remains a scattering of objects throughout the realms marched by a sign of the sun that bears in famous incantation, or curse, as most accounts would have it. Yeah, and he's got a statue in the battlegrounds now. Tower of Orion. This, um, Anna, Tower of Anawain? Something like that. This immense tower, situated in the heart of Ashpear, is surrounded by a complex of walls, and other fortifications, many of which are said to be magical in nature, is in this tower that the Grey Mage resides. 
initiating the grey circle must make a pilgrimage to the tower and pledge themselves to the service of their brotherhood before they can be considered true mages. Not done that yet. I guess that's a future adventure. Because honestly, considering all that's going on, we're going to have to meet with a grey mage at some point. You know, if only just to lay, lay out a list of all the problems that she should probably know about. It is, it is rumoured that the tower contains treasures beyond belief, for it is unlikely that any thief has successfully conquered its many defences. Eh, maybe Owl. But, yeah, would he try? Who knows? Tagrox. The great bronze giant Tagrox, the subject of so many tales and legends, is said to hold dominion over a vast array of realms and dimensions, deep in the darkest recesses of the Nevernus. Through many a doubt the existence of Tagurox, those who believe the giant is indeed real, contend he is a being of immense power, whose hand is often to be found at work in a mortal realm. As the legends have it, Tagurox's palace, perched on a suspended island of black rock, is known as the Bronze Hall. And we've been there. Uh, quite, a, quite a lot of stuff happened. Transmutable items. Transmutable items can have a portion of their melee weighting, stamina point, or Neville Reserve bonuses drained away and turned into permanent stat bonuses for your adventurer. The adventurer will receive the drained away portion of the item's bonus as permanent bonuses to his or her stats. And since, and since whatever you lose from the item becomes a permanent stat boost, you never lose. Ever. Even if you drain something you're equipping, you never lose. And often you're draining something you're not equipping. So and then you only gain. The item that has been transmuted will permanently lose the portion of its bonuses that were drained away. The only known way to transmute the bonuses of a transmutable item is to bring the item to Thalda Silverscar, a mage specialising in transmutation magic, whose tower is located in the hard hills of southwest Tysa. Right, try your. Armed with three sets of powerful jaws, the aptly named Trijaw prefers to attack its prey with, long sh- with its long, sharp horn. Once, in cas- once incapacitated, a victim of this vicious beetle will be quickly devoured. Twilwark of Zarthmore Despite having been born in Tysa and lived most of his life within the kingdom's boundaries, the eccentric but highly skilled mage known as Twilwark was always referred to himself as Twilmark of Zarthmore, once a high-ranking member of the Grey Circle. Twilwark was accused of insubordinate acts and cast out of the order. Following his banishment from the Brotherhood of Mages, 
He spent the remainder of his life largely in seclusion, dwelling in the wounds of an old watchtower on the northern edge of the Thuringian Range. It has long been speculated that during his self-imposed exile, Turok began, began embarking on excursions into the Nevelus for the use of a shadow path. Coupled with the speculation about his ventures into the Nevelus, are the rumours that these journeys amassed Turok a horde of strange magical items he kept hidden in a vault beneath his tower. Nearly 300 years ago, Turok disappeared without a trace, leaving many to wonder what had become of the eccentric adventuring mage. Little more than a year after his disappearance, adventurers exploring his ruined tower discovered a strange and sinister clue sprawled in blood on the floor of the tower's lowest level was the crude likeness of a crab wearing a crown Turok's trinket the name given to the myriad of strange items the eccentric maid has hoarded over his lifetime have begun to appear throughout the realms Turok's insignia found on various objects and in scattered places, is the head of a dragon, skewered by two crossed arrows. Yeah, and he's got some quite strange trinkets indeed. Twithic, the Adder Stone. The city of Twithic has long been a blight on the landscape of the Kingdom of Telsa. Legend has it that this seedy witherport was created when a villainous maze carelessly tossed an enchanted gemstone into the field of tall grass. As legend has it, the snakes in the field grew into men, and thus Twithic was born. Although the legend has hardly a historical leg to stand on, comparing many of the city's densons to snakes may not be a great step stretching of reality. Over the past few years, things in Twithix have gone from bad to worse. Many of the city's prominent mer merchants and tradesmen have left for friendlier streets, and despite its continued status as a trade, trade gateway, poverty and crime continue to rise. Despite its notorious reputation as a haven for smugglers, thieves and other criminal ilk, remains the busiest witherboard in all of Telsa and still serves as, a, as the main trade gateway to all points north, east and south within the kingdom. Recently, Thane Porrand, one of the Telsa's five fanes, has made the city of Trick his personal concern crusade, exercising authority under the crown. Porrand entered Twithic with a private militia force made up of his own men, as well as several mercenary legions, and set about the task of cleaning up the city. The thane's first order of business was to, was to establish a dusk-to-dawn curfew for the city, with the exception of the city's busy witherport, which operates at all hours. Poland's armed troops have begun patrolling the street after dusk to reinforce the curfew. The Tyson army also keeps a garrison of troops in the city. The Tyson military leaders have grown to dislike Thane Porrand and his armed force. There have been several clashes between Porrand's militia 
and Tyson army regulars. News of the growing resentment has reached King Renwald in Talanus, and he is considered ordering ordering King Foran, Foran to take his troops and leave the city. The king, however, is reluctant to resort to that measure, because for the first time in many years, there is progress being made in cleaning up the streets of the Adderstone. One of Trithic's most famous, or perhaps infamous, attractions is the Wasseld Grouse Gambling Hall located in the north sector of the city. Alright, Trevinta, once a knight of Salabin's famous gated legion, Trevinta was accused of operating in league with that city's thieves, deceiving and endangering the very populace he had sworn an oath to protect. Tried by a council of knights for his crimes, he was cast out of the order managed to flee into Telsa, where he took up hiding in the city of Seir, a man of great skill and authority. Javinta was ab- able to gain control of a ragged band of thieves known as Valoradra's Curse, and in less than a year, they had become one of the city's most feared criminal elements. Listen, we, we've gone into battle with the curse. Although, actually they kind of run because I fled the city. But someday, somehow, I will return. And there will be a reckoning. You hear me? There will be a reckoning. Now, Trollbunt. This old looking weapon was invented by Jirig Alwa. A man better known to many as the Troll Hunter. It consists of two heavy blocks of wood, sometimes studded with iron spikes, attached one right above the other to the end of a sturdy iron or steel pole. When swung in a crossing downstroke, the heavy blocks spin on the pole and slide down its length at the same time. A perfectly executed stroke with the troll bunt will strike a troll in three vital layers with a single single stroke, doing heavy damage and at times killing the creature outright. Jurig is the only known master of this odd weapon, and he has taught its use to many of those in his employ proficient enough to wield it, including including Zoop. So, yeah, you can sell. He's a, he's a bonter. And it's very satisfying to bond a troll. Troll snake. These large snakes are usually found in wet areas, such as bogs or swamps. This grotesque reptile was actually the creation of an ancient mage who managed to cross a swamp troll with a snake. The skin of a troll snake is much sought after by clovers across the wells its beautiful sheen and durability. Yeah, I think if you go to the Merc, you can skin the troll troll snakes and then sell the skins for a bad dozen gold. 
I mean, that was worth it long ago, but not anymore. Trosk. These powerful serpents, aware these days, still inhabit remote swamplands where they rightfully reign the very top of the food chain, able to stay submerged. Merge for hours at a time, the Trosk will erupt from the water to bewilder and ensnare its unsuspecting prey. There are several varieties of these massive serpents, though the majority of them have green scales. Their heads are adorned with a pair of long white horns that the creature will use to attack. These massive reptiles may grow to nearly 50 feet in length. There were few indeed who encountered a fully grown Trosk and lived to tell about it. Well, Sue's one of them, of course. Torwick. Hailing from Port Halleck, through a mound, and largely self-complicated, made master mage known as Torwick is a man whose motives have long been shrouded in both mystery and controversy. Among the Master Mage's more famous and popular feats is the transformation of experience into adventurer tokens. From time to time, the aging White World Trawick is known to make an appearance at the Silver Shaft Inn, located on an ancient highway that runs between Trithic and Mugsmore. While there, he routinely performs as aforementioned transformation magic. So I've taken to Corwick, to, calling Torwick due to his somewhat argumentative, argumentative and abrupt demeanour, all grumpy, though certainly never to his face. There are many who believe that Torwick uses the experience that he takes from adventurers in exchange for adventurer tokens for purposes that may be somewhat nefarious in nature, but adventure tokens... So I'm just going to, I'll turn a blind eye to her a lot for adventurer tokens. Chungangar. Over the past several years, in particular the last few months, the bold woodsman and adventurer known only as a Chungangar has risen to a near legendary status due to a series of brazen exploits across the kingdom of Telsa. Most recently, Trungungar has been credited running off a band of ogres responsible for attacking settlements on the kingdom's western frontier. Twinned Keep This heavily fortified Twinned Keep sits in the centre of the eastern section of Trethic. It is here that Thane Porrand and his most loyal supporters reside, including Zoop. Well, sometimes he resides there. Zoop's got three residences and he moves around a lot. As comes with the profession of being an adventurer. Twindmore. Situated on the northwest flank of Barrow Lock. Surrounded by a vast expanse of bleak moorland. The city of Twindmore has long served as an important waypoint for traffic bound for destinations south along the Wither Twind. Indeed, Tridmore is the last stop for any southbound Wither vessel before braving the murky and historically dangerous waters of Barrow Lock. 
The current city is built atop the ruins of an ancient Tridmoor, which collapsed and sunk into the earth during a powerful quake nearly 200 years ago. There are several sealed and secured entrances into the lower ruins throughout the city. Turnbread. This dense, hardy, wheat and barley bread is traditionally baked in small, round loaves. The name turnbread refers to a long-standing legend that states the loaf of bread must be turned, rotated, at least once while it's rising, or ill luck will descend upon any who consumes it. Turnbread is a staple for many of travellers because of its ability to, to keep for long periods, as long as it remains reasonably dry. Most loaves of turnbread have a soft, have a thick, hard outer crust and a soft inner core. Yeah, okay. Turn, tusk, tusk Tower. These large red and green beetles have thick, have a thick multi-layered shell and a heavily armoured head from which protrudes five long sharp tusks. These aggressive carnivores will attack upon sight. Hmm, please, that's not really how carnivores work. It's usually, it's the, if anything's going to attack you on sight, it's far more likely to be a herbivore. Because a herbivore, if a herbivore breaks a leg or something, it's not that big a deal. Because grass doesn't run away. But if a carnivore gets even slightly wounded, they're screwed and they'll die. So you've got to be very, very careful when you're a carnivore because you've got to be in peak physical condition. Which is why if you want to scare away a tiger, just wear a mask on the back of your head and it won't mess with you. But you want to scare away a cow, have a corgi. That apparently that would work. <laughs> but but if you want to scare away a particularly angry cow, you can't. The exception, of course, is ants because they 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 made a whole new rules with ants by just making it so that it doesn't matter to an ant whether it dies or not because there's another ant and if that ant dies there's another ant and if that ant dies there's another one and then another one and then another one and another one and so on alright tusk hideous tusk rock is an abomination out of the depths of the Neverness and can be found across a myriad of Neville realms. The tusk rock is a humanoid amphibious creature with the torso, head and limbs of a large frog. From either side of the tusk rock mouth produce a massive tusk which gives them not only a fearsome appearance but also a deadly goring weapon. Perhaps the Tuskwog's most feared weapon is its barbed tongue. 
it can shoot from its mouth to a distance nearing 10 feet. The tusk frog uses its tongue as an effective weapon during combat. They commonly employ spears and staves as weapons. Generally speaking, these creatures stand 5 feet high at the shoulder and have slight builds. They are able to climb all manner of surfaces with ease and can cling to, cling to and move across the walls and ceiling without difficulty. The Tuskwag are silent creatures that communicate with each other telepathically. They are cunning and warlike and do not tolerate the presence of other sentient species. There have been rumoured sightings of these foul creatures slinking about in the world of Swift. But as of yet, they have not been substantiated. Twin Blades The twin brother and sister whose long list of foul deeds have earned them this infamous moniker, the Twin Blades, are two characters best avoided. Zarithor, brother, and Thranor, sister, began their sorry careers as outlaws early in life. Upon, when, upon the death of their father, a ruthless brigand known to most as Silverfang, they assumed control of what remained of his band of highwaymen. Under the control of the twins, who displayed not only their father's cruel nature, but also his fearsome skill with all manner of weaponry, the small band of highwaymen quickly grew into a small army of robbers and waders that mercilessly pillaged outlying settlements across the entire breadth of southern Telsa. At last, when the rewards put on their head by the crown became more than either most ardent of brigands could hope to resist, the twins were betrayed by a handful of their own and captured by border rangers in an ambush near the city of Twindmore. The twins escaped from their ranger captures three days later on the journey to Talonus where they were to stand accused of the long and gruesome litany of their crimes. They were captured twice again in the decade that followed, and managed to escape twice more. After their last escape, which left dead, which left three border rangers and five soldiers dead on a quiet road south of Twithy, Zarthor and Thanlor disappeared. Many believed they had fled the North Borderlands entirely, for a good number folk they were simply hiding out in some remote nook in the wilds of Telsa, patiently awaiting the day they would seek their revenge on their betrayers and their kin. Oh, but we don't have to worry about them, because Zoop has dealt with them. Tysa's five fandoms. The kingdom of Telsa is divided into five fandoms, each presided over by a thane. Each thane has been, been granted authority under the crown, so they may impose and uphold law and order in the kingdom on a local level. The title of the thane in Telsa is not an inherited one. Only the king of Telsa may grant the title of thane to someone, and he may at any time revoke it. As has been the case several times, most fanes will retain their title and privileged rank as long as they do not fall out of favour with the king or any of his influential allies.
Taishin Border Rangers. Taishin Border Rangers are an elite unit of the Taishin Army that patrols the Kingdom's borders. They are well-trained combatants who also possess excellent survival and woodmanship skills. It's often a small group of these elite soldiers that is assigned to tackle a problem in a remote area of the kingdom. Taishin Knight Taishin Knights are warriors who have pledged to serve the King of Taisa. These warriors pledge an oath of loyalty to the King and are expected to willingly sacrifice their own lives in battle to defend the monarch or the kingdom should the need arise. Many Taishin knights are the offspring of former knights who were raised from an early age to following the footsteps of their knighted parent. While there are more men than women who serve as knights in the kingdom of Tausa, the title may be bestowed upon anyone of either gender. Well, that's, that's nifty. Only Tysa's reigning monarch can bestow knighthood on a subject. And that subject must be Taishin by birth. I guess if you're from another kingdom, you got to get your knighthood from that king. So you're from Philodon, you got to get knighted by the queen of Philodon. If you're from Wysol, um, yeah, we'd sort, let's try to sort something out there. Yeah, and if you're from Haldrigon, well, that's the, that they aren't even really trying to sort something out there, but they probably still have knights. Because everybody has knights. It's a medieval-style fantasy place. They have knights, all something that will fill the a similar, a sort of similar role as knights being... Elite warriors who train all the time and in exchange get a fair amount of political power and are expected to uphold some sort of code of honour, although they often fail to. Alright, Tarsal. And now, pretty much the exact opposite. Tarsal are a malevolent race race of semi-humanoid serpents. The lower half of their body is that of a large snake, while the upper half is outfitted with two human-like arms. The broad, flattened head of a tarsal is that of a giant snake. Tarsal are particularly cruel and wicked, and often seek to enslave their victims. These cunning creatures have become quite a rarity throughout the realms, as they have long been sought out by humans for destruction. But not enough of a rarity, apparently. However, recent encounters with Tarsal suggest there may be a more prevalent threat than is commonly assumed. Tarsal are capable of wielding weapons, and they usually do so with a great degree of skill. Some Tarsal possess magical abilities. It is noted the Tarzal will rarely be encountered alone. Tarzal, much like Hogari, are able to assume human form for long durations, making them a particularly deadly and elusive foe. 
It's also been said that when killed, a tarsal can retain its human guise, thus concealing its true nature, even in death. The goal of the Tsar is the enslavement and all destruction of all of humankind. And honestly, I've yet to encounter any Tazar who is different from that. Maybe someday we will. That would be a nice change. Anyway, we finished the tease. Next on, we're on to you with Ulgor. And that'll be enough for today. So next time, we'll carry on. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.